Well, how are we doing, Free Church? Good to see you guys. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Very exciting. I'm not Pastor Chuck. Sorry. Sermon's going to be a little bit worse today. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, For those of you who may not know me, my name is Ben Gomez. I am the young adult pastor here at Free Church. Um, Alongside, yeah, thank you. My monastery young adults in the house. Most of them are on vacation for Memorial Day, but whatever you're going to. I've clearly won their loyalty. Uh, But my wife and I, Priscilla, you can stand up if you want to. It's my wife. Some of you, some people are still learning that we're married. Um, So, you know, we are. And I don't really know how well you're paying attention in service if you don't know we're married, to be honest with you. Uh, But we've been here serving at Free Church for almost a year now. We came in July of 2022. Yeah. And it has been an absolute joy and a privilege to work here and to serve here alongside Pastors Chuck and Urshana, Pastor Matthew, Ethan, the team, and all of our wonderful volunteers. It's been a really fun year, and we're excited to keep going, and we're also excited to welcome Baby Boy into the scene in in September, so I'll I'll have some help, finally. I'm going to get him to work writing my sermons right away, uh, so your young adults can be on the lookout for, for him preaching soon. Um, but I'm super excited to be with you guys this Sunday. Uh, I just want to thank Pastors Chuck and Ashana for giving me the opportunity uh, and feeling the confidence in me to share the platform, share the pulpit. I hope to do it justice, um, and we'll see how it goes, all right? So... We have been in our uh, Mind Map series for the months of April and May. Have you guys been enjoying our Mind Maps series? It's been so good. It's been so good. Uh, the sort of mission statement of the series is that Pastor Chuck has said every Sunday, the choices that you make today determine the person that you'll become tomorrow. And the key verse that has been sort of anchoring us throughout this whole series is Proverbs 2.11, which says, discretion will watch over you, understanding will guard you. And as Pastor Chuck has unpacked, we've learned that discretion and understanding is not just head knowledge, but it's actually a biblical perspective or a Christian worldview. And so there are choices that we can make in our lives that form us more into the image of Christ. And so we've talked about choosing to love how God loves rather than how the world loves. We've talked about choosing to follow God's plan for rest, uh, choosing to be filled with the Holy Spirit, among other things, um, to just kind of look at how God has set up choices for us to make so that we become more like Christ in this life that we have. And so... I'm excited to be closing out our Mind Maps series today with the choice to be set apart or choose to be set apart. So if you would bow your heads, I'm going to pray and then we'll get rolling. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to serve today and to minister your word to your people. I pray that the Holy Spirit would be present in this room and that you would touch the hearts and minds of all of your children in this room today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, quickly off the top, I just want to say thank you to every family member of anyone who has served our country and who has actually given their lives, sacrificed their lives in the service of this country. Yeah, absolutely. It is a price that 
Obviously, none of us have paid, but we know that freedom does not come free. So on this Memorial Day weekend, we just want to recognize all of those who have served and then all of those who have given their lives in the line of service. We do not take that for granted. So we say thank you to all of our veterans and all of those who have lost their lives in the line of service. I am excited to preach this message in particular on our graduation service, um, the choice to be set apart as I've found in my very limited experience as a pastor of young people, is a choice that is particularly difficult for people in the earlier stages of life. Um, You know, if you're more established, more seasoned, it would be perhaps a little bit easier for you to say, well, this is how I am, this is what I know to do, you can take it, you can leave it, but particularly for high schoolers and college-age students, The choice to be set apart from the rest, particularly in a way that honors God, is more difficult, I find, in the front end of life. So I'm excited to deliver this message on our graduation Sunday as sort of a charge to all of our students who are stepping into a new chapter of life, if that's graduating middle school, high school, college, whatever. Um, That being said, I hope to speak to all of us today. This is not just a message for young people. I'm not talking about say no to drugs or anything that's specifically tailored for middle schoolers or high schoolers, although say no to drugs, no matter how old you are. Uh, But hopefully I will be able to reach everyone. So if you're not just recently graduated from school, I'd encourage you to not tune out just because the young adult pastor is preaching today. Amen. Uh, So if you would turn with me to the book of Leviticus. See, I told you this wasn't a message for young people, right? Uh, I'm out already. All of our high schoolers just checked out in their head. Uh, Leviticus is where Bible reading plans go to die, to be honest. We, we start our year, or if it's the summer, we go, I'm going to read the whole Bible. We go Genesis, Exodus, crushing it, creation, Noah's Ark, deliverance from slavery, uh, the pillar of fire, the cloud from heaven, manna from the ground, laws about selling livestock, laws about marriage. Uh, purification rituals. You go, uh, okay, what's Deuteronomy all about? Kind of more of the same. Okay, what's uh, numbers about? Oh, it's literally just numbers. Okay, maybe I'll go, I'll jump to Psalms and then I'll go Psalms through the rest and then maybe I'll stop halfway through Revelation and then I read the whole Bible. How about that? Uh, But if you would turn with me to Leviticus chapter 26, it's the second to last chapter in the book of Leviticus. So the Lord has delivered his people from slavery in Egypt. For the people of Israel's entire existence, they have been slaves and foreigners in another land. Um, And so God says in Exodus 5.1, let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And then in Exodus 6.7, God gives the promise that's repeated several times in the Old Testament. I will take you to be my people and I will be your God, and you will know that I am the Lord your God. And so as Christians, as people of the faith, we love to, or it's important for us, rather, to see when the Lord makes a decision to ask why, because we, it's important for us to know what motivates God. We were seeing it today. Tell me what moves you. The heart of a Christian should be Lord, I want to know what moves your heart. Why do you think this way? Why do you make these decisions? And so often that's the job of a believer, but sometimes we get lucky and God just says why. Uh, Like in Exodus, he says, I want to take my people out of slavery. Why? So that they can worship me. 
Not because I don't like when my people are facing difficulty, not because I'm unwilling to allow my children to bear a burden or to face suffering. I want my people to be free so that they can be my people. And so God takes them out of Egypt and then he gives them the law. He delivers his people from slavery. And then once that has been established, he says, okay, now let's talk about your actions. And that's an, another interesting point, again, in trying to figure out how God thinks. He delivers his people and then he gives them the law. As um, I saw a clip from a wonderful pastor who just passed away, Timothy Keller, a giant in the faith. And he sort of breaks that down that, Sometimes we get that flipped in the Christian walk where we talk about behavior and we talk about regulation and we talk about um, improving habits before we talk deliverance. And God is immediately flipping the script and going, I'm delivering you. And then we will talk about behavior. And so at the end of the Leviticus, he's given them the law, he's given them the 10 commandments and then the rest of the Levitical law and reiterates his promise in Leviticus 26, 12. He says, and I will walk among you and I will be your God and you will be my people. And then if you jump to 26, 45, which I have here, not on my iPad for some reason, he says, I will for their sake remember the covenant with their forefathers whom I brought out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the nations that I might be their God, I am the Lord. God gave the law so that his people would be different. A lot of scholars say that the most common form of worship in the ancient Near East around that time of the surrounding nations was very almost manipulative. So it was obviously an agrarian culture. Everyone was farmers. And so if you worshiped the sun or the rain God or the fertility God, the way that you worshiped was if I do this for you, you might do this for me in return. If I sacrifice right to the sun, then hopefully the sun will shine on my crops and then I will reap a harvest. God is saying, in the sight of the nations, I want you to be a people set apart, which is why from the beginning of the story of the people of Israel, he does the thing that they've been asking for before he talks about sacrifice. What people worship informs culture on an individual level and on a corporate level, what your heart places ultimate comfort in is the thing that is almost acts like a filter through all of your decisions, where you go to school, where you live, who you marry, what job you take. The thing that your heart seeks for ultimate comfort, which is what worship is, that will determine your values, your culture. That's true on an individual level and on a national level. God knows this, and so his idea for separating his people compared to all the other nations in the region was to specifically inform his preferences on their worship practices. And so God is wanting to form a people set apart, not just because he said so. God doesn't say, you're a people set apart. You're my people. No one else is my people. Go get them. He says, you're my people, you are set apart from the other nations. Oh, by the way, this is how my people act. This is how my people worship. 
This is how my people sacrifice. This is how my people do business. This is how my people accept immigrants from the surrounding area. This is how you treat women. This is how you treat people from other lands who want to come and sojourn with you. And so through this specific instruction of the Levitical law, God is using the choices of his people to create a unique nation who are set apart from the rest of the world. On top of that, we see from the Levitical law that God cares about how his people act and that God himself has preferences. So thankfully, we don't really do Levitical law anymore. It's been fulfilled. Uh, Notice the lack of blood in front of the pulpit. Notice the... It smells like coffee. It doesn't smell like dead livestock. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Because Christ fulfilled the Levitical law. But God asking his people to follow his ways so that they will look, sound, and feel set apart is just as much his plan today as it was 5,000 years ago. And so Jesus says he comes to fulfill the law, but he also, in this sort of really interesting paradoxical way in his ministry, Jesus comes to fulfill the law, but also affirms the principles that the law was meant to represent. That's why the religious leaders couldn't really pin him down, because they're saying, oh, so you're here to destroy the law? He's saying, no, 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 the law works. I'm here to fulfill the law. And a lot of people said that doesn't make sense. People today still say that. That's hard for me sometimes. I don't don't know if I get that all the way. But Jesus says in Matthew 5, 27, you've heard it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So Jesus is moving the standard in fulfilling the law to, it is not primarily about actions as much as it is, even if your actions are performatively pure, but your heart is in the wrong place, you're still committing the sin. In this same vein, Paul is writing in Romans 12, 1, if you would turn with me there, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now, the book of Romans, Paul is writing to a large group of Jewish Christians who understood the Levitical law, and we're trying to work out what it means. Now that we're saved by Christ, we don't have to follow the Levitical law. And so in the same way that Jesus says, it's not about committing adultery, it's about having lust in your heart, Paul is saying, it's not about following the Levitical law, it's about presenting your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. He goes on to say, one of our favorite verses, do not be conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. And so it's interesting because we know that the new covenant is a better covenant, but also in one sense, it might be easier to have a performative aspect of our faith because when Jesus and Paul transfer things from our actions to our heart posture, that means now that we need to be in communion with the Spirit. If you haven't talked to God in 50 years, you can follow the book. You can follow the step by step. If I am to present my body as a holy and acceptable sacrifice to the Lord, and so much of that is dependent on the state of my heart, I need daily communion with the Father. Romans chapter eight, Paul says, you however are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit, if the spirit of God dwells in you. 
Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. We love that verse. If the same power that raised Christ from the dead is in me, then dot, dot, dot. The context of Paul actually saying that is if the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead is in you, then you are able to fulfill the law. Like Pastor Chuck talked about last week, the Holy Spirit is our advocate. The Holy Spirit is not just our advocate unto nothing. The Holy Spirit is our advocate unto forming us into the image of Christ. Like how God said in Exodus, you're not just my people because I told you so. You're my people. This is how my people look. This is how my people act. And so the Spirit of God empowers us to live according to God's way and to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. I understand, I've heard a lot of messages in this kind of vein of being set apart. And especially when I was a young person, to hear messages of the world is telling you this, but you have to make these choices. That can feel often overwhelming. Um, If your workplace, your family, your school situation is not running 100 miles an hour with you towards the things of God, it might seem impossible to actually be a person that's set apart. But it's more simple than we think. And I would actually propose to you that You might not have known it, but for the last six weeks or so, we've actually been talking about how you can be set apart. Because if you choose to follow God's plan for rest, if you choose to, like Pastor Chuck gave an example, if you choose to take a Sabbath once a week, if you say, hey, on Saturdays for half a day, 12 hours, me and my family, we're gonna turn off our phones, we're just gonna be still, and we're gonna recharge well, you're already not acting like most people that we know. If you choose to love how God loves, like Pastor Chuck said, which isn't based on agreement, it's based on what the word says, you're already, you're not acting like everybody else. If you want extra credit, maybe you could just go to the 10 commandments. It's not the 10,000 commandments, it's the 10 commandments. If you, hey, pick three. If you honor your parents, avoid drunkenness, and reserve sexual expression for a marriage covenant, you're already like 2% of people in this city. And so to hear this message of be set apart, God wants you to be different. God wants you to be separate from other people. God wants you to be a witness in your workplace. You go, how am I supposed to be a witness in my workplace? I'm not a theologian. I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm not a pastor. I'm an accountant. What am I suppo- how am I supposed to see people in my workplace come to know Christ if I'm not even the most articulate person in the world? Do you take a Sabbath? Just that alone. Ask the Holy Spirit about one of these choices that Pastor Chuck has broken down. And next thing you know, you show up on Monday and one of your coworkers is asking you, hey, how was your weekend? Oh, my weekend was awesome. We Sabbathed on Saturday. We went to church on Sunday. Who else is going to say, oh, my weekend was just like that? 
if you choose to be filled by the Holy Spirit, like Pastor Chuck said last week, our Holy Spirit that advocates for us, that gives us guidance, you'll find really without trying very hard that you're looking at situations differently, that you're navigating interpersonal conflict in a way that's different from anyone else in your family. You're navigating family drama with a little bit more grace than any of your cousins. And so if we make good choices and we build the right habits, before we know it, we'll find ourselves set apart without even trying to. And we will be an example for how God wants all people to flourish just by choosing to make simple choices that the Holy Spirit empowers us to make. Can you guys receive that word today? Yeah.